Mama's crying Do you turn away When you see the face Of the innocent dying In these darkest days Are you not afraid That it's too late You gotta get down on your knees, believe, fold your hands and beg and please. Gotta keep on praying. You gotta cry, rain, tears of pain, found the fall and scream his name, cause we're still worth saving. They go on like this. Like this, we can't love like this. Gotta give this world back to God. Have you lost a love? You feel like giving up? Has your heart been broken? Are your kids okay? When they come home saying, do you lie there hoping? You can make a wish, you can knock on wood, oh, it won't do no good. You gotta get down on your knees, to keep up your hands and back and please, gotta keep on praying. Gotta cry, rain, tears, rain, found the fall and scream his name, cause we're still worth saving. Can't go on like this, live like this, we can't love like this. Gotta Get down on your knees, baby. Hold your hands and beg and plead. Gotta keep on praying. You gotta cry, rain, tears, and pain. I'm a poor and scream the same. Cause we're still worth saving. Walk like this, live like this. Gotta give this world back to God. Give it back.
Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. We're going to 21 and then 22. <laughs> I was thinking on a verse in John, which took me to these verses. I got lucky. I was hunting for something. I found an old outline. I said, man, I. Uh, I remember when I did this, and so I kind of looked at that outline and it led back to different things. Because when I was looking at the verse in, in John 14, is Jesus talking to his disciples and talking to those that are around them, and he starts off in verse 1. I know you're on Revelation. I'm reading John to start with. Let your hearts not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And, and, you know, in the time that we live in with everything that's going on and how things happen and happen so suddenly, this is a, it's a very positive verse that we really need to hold to. Let your hearts not be troubled. Don't worry about the things that you have no control of. Yeah, I mean, because death comes, problems come, this world is falling apart. There's nothing you can do about it other than pray. And Jesus said, let your hearts not be troubled you believe in god believe also in me he says plain and simple if you know there's a god you know that i'm true too and here's what he said this is the verse i love he says in my father's house are many mansions that were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So God made us a promise. He said, hey, I'm going away, and one day I'm going to step out of the clouds. I'm going to call you home because I've been working on this wonderful place for you. And, and hey, I know it's rough down here. I know you got to go through all kind of things. You have the sting of death. You have problems. You've got age that creeps up on you and sickness and, and everything that happens. But I'm calling you you home and i'm making a place for you and so as i thought about that i said god what a what a wonderful thing and, and that reminds me of what the bible tells us that home will be like and, and so that is where we turn to revelation chapter 21 and 22 and in the first five verses of revelation 21 john says he starts off he says i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and earth were passed away, and there was no more seas. Now I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Well, I don't know about y'all, but there ain't much more positive than that. That God's making a place and that, that is, is so that we could be together as it was intended to. You think when God created man and he formed him of the dust and he breathed life into his nostrils and, and man became a living being, there was a relationship between Adam and God that was so precious and it was so wonderful. They, they, they walked with each other in the, in the garden. They talked with each other. They were friends until sin entered in. 
And God said, I'm going to make that right. So he sent his son, and his son came, and he died on the cross because of the sins that you and that I commit every day. Jesus said, Father, I'll fix it. I give my life for them. And he died on that cross carrying every one of our sins, the guilt, the shame, the, the everything associated with it to the cross. Through the torture of the cross, the things he endured was because of you and because of me, because of the love he has that he wants us to be together. And then was placed in a borrowed tomb and on the third day whoo, that's the good part on the third day he rose again and thereby conquering death and saying now the way has been paid for the way has been paid that we can fellowship again so I go to prepare a place for you and I'm coming again and, and we will be together for eternity I will be your God and you will be my people we will Fellowshipping one with another and, and enjoying that. The only thing is you've got to choose to have that. As Jesus says, if you believe in me, you've got to believe in me. That's the key part to it. You've got to accept it. You, you, you can live a great, wonderful life. You could be a good person all your life. But if you don't accept Christ, if you don't believe in him in your heart and ask him to change you and save you, guess what? Good people are going to be in hell. And you say, well, oh, a loving God won't send somebody. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. A loving God wouldn't send somebody to hell. No, he won't, but you choose to go. By rejecting him, you choose to go. That's like if you come up to a stop sign. you got the choice. You can stop or not. You can just barrel that. But guess what? There's a bigger chance you're going to get hit. It's your choice. There's no chance. You're going to have eternal life. But it's like the stop. You can stop at the stop sign. You can accept Christ. Or you can just go right on out straight into hell. Because you will spend eternity there. But I've gone to prepare a place for you. And he says that, that we're going to be with him. It's a it's a wonderful thing. You know, listen listen to verses four and five. I'll tell you how good it is. It says, "And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any pain more pain, for the former things are passed away." And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. He said, John, be sure you put that down. Because that's the most important of all. I'm removing everything. And you ever thought about that? I mean, wouldn't you like to be able to remove things out of your past? If you had the ability to go back and stop something, wouldn't that be awesome to say, I'm going to take this out of my life because, man, this has caused me nothing but horror and problems throughout my entire life. I can just move it. Well, let me tell you, God does that for your sins. You know, those sins you committed, there's a price to pay for every sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And when Christ died on the cross, he said, hey, I took care of it, but better than that, I'll take it and I'm going to remove it and I'm going to forget about it once you confess it. You know, in Psalms 103, verses 12 
through 14, the psalmist said this. As he, he, listen to how he ta- takes our sins. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pieth his children, so the Lord pieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. So man, God, God says, hey, I know you're a frail. I know you're a sinful person. I know what you are. But I love you so much that when I forgive you of a sin, I forget it. How many of you have ever, your sweetie pie has done something that irritated you? Anybody in here, it just be something small. But it's always irritating. You know, I, I could ask Julie. She'd probably give you a a, 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 long, a short list, you know, uh, of the things I might do that might irritate her. And, and I know she'd have to really think about it. But there's probably something. And, 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 and the thing about it is, is that she brings them up constantly. It, it, it's, whenever she's mad, she, she, she'll, she remembers those things. And I... See that? No, but uh, it, that's the way we are. Do something bad to me. I'm going to remember it. And I might forgive you, but guess what? That's always there. God says this. He says, those sins that I've forgiven you of, it's in your past. I take them as far as the east is from the west. I don't think about them anymore. They're They're gone. I'm not going to, when you get to heaven, say, well, you know, hey, I really loved you, but do you remember that one time? No, God says, I forgive you of your sin. Our past, our past. When you got saved, everything was wiped away. When you commit a sin, you say, as a Christian, you say, Lord, hey, I'm sorry. Guess what? When you repent of that sin, now, I'm going to listen to that key word. When you repent of that sin, guess what? It's gone. You know who brings it back up? We do. That old accuser, Satan, does. He likes, you know, he, he loves to tell you, well, if you was a good Christian, you remember when you did that? You wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. But no. He likes to drag it back up. God says, I've removed it. As a father who loves his children, I love you that much. He, I, I, I know he wipes away our, 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 our tears, as he says in verse 4. Because you think there's so many things that, that we, we, we get that we don't deserve. And as a child of God, that should be a picture of how we should live. How we should act. If our Father forgives us, we ought to forgive others. Remember, Jesus said it best. He says, judge not, lest you be judged. How many of you ever judged him? Besides me, I do. No. But, but listen to the rest of it. It says in verse 2 of that, he says, For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And what measure you meet, you shall be measured to you again. you got to be careful when, when, when you listen to Satan and he takes you and he says, Hey, you ought to judge that because what y'all did. He says, I'm going to wipe away a tear. Say, Lord, help me start now by being what you want me to be. Help me to help me to, to understand what, what it's like to see through your eyes. You know, I always think about the, the story where, where in John chapter 8 where the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they catch two people in adultery. And, and they drag the woman in. 
You know, last time I checked, and they only taught what one. They got her, and they throw her at Jesus' feet. And he kneels down, and he starts to write in the dirt with his finger. They said, this woman's been caught in adultery, and blah, 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 and all this. And, they, and, the, and the, the law says we should stone her. You know what stoning is? It's taking rocks and throwing it at somebody until they die. It's not doubt, no. It's a painful, horrible, degrading death. And they're standing there ready to kill this woman. No telling how many of them knew her very well. You know, Jesus says, guys, if a man looks upon a woman with lust, guess what? She's already done the same thing. So how many guilty of this and Jesus looks at him and says you without sin cast the first stone and one by one they started dropping the stone in the sand there's nobody but him and her could you imagine what she's feeling Can you imagine the humiliation she's going through? And he says, where's your accuser? She said, they're gone. He said, I don't accuse you either. I forgive you. Go and do what? Sin no more. You've been, you've been freed from that. Sin is sin. preacher I would never no, I would never no when you lie about a promise you make guess what it's even worse because every one of us has done it this week God I'm going to read my Bible every day I'm going to pray I'm going to be closer to you there ain't no bad words going to come out these lips and as soon as you get home well probably as soon as you get through the swinging doors that's gone. Well, guess what? You'd made a promise that you didn't keep. It's just as bad as what she did. And God says, go and sin no more. I forgive you. That's, that's the wonderful thing about that place that God's gone to prepare for us. He says, there's going to be no more tears because you won't be reminded of your sins anymore. Because let me tell you something, when you get reminded of your sins, there ought to be a, 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 a desire to forget them. But instead what we do is what, the, what the, the, the writer of Proverbs said in Proverbs 26, 11, says a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. We go right back over and over. In verses 6 and 7, we see that this future of, of forgiveness, this future, uh, I, I, I like where he, let me back up, I like where he says there's no more sorrow, there's no more crying, there's no more pain. You realize you'll have a body that will be designed to handle this, this, this thing that we're doing now of aging where everything hurts. I know maybe you saw my, my boo-boo on my face. It's where I work at Mama's house, and her bushes attacked me. 
wanted to cry like a little baby. It hurt. Now, it didn't hurt as bad as when I got home and finally decided I need to clean it up. That hurt. And I said in that verse, no more pain. No more things that hurt. You know, pain could be physical pain. It could be mental pain. Pain is something that we all deal with. Pain of a loss. I know everybody in here has had that. I says, I'm going to remove that. All those things will be removed. It'll be as it was intended. It will be wonderful. And, and, and no more tears, no more regret, no more things. I'm removing all that. And that's a promise we have. And now, now listen to 6 and 7 right quick. He said, and he said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the, the, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. It's a reminder that our future, that place that Jesus has gone to prepare, is secure. It can't be removed. He said, I, 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 it is done. When I got on the cross, when I said it was finished, that was it. There's no more to be added. You ain't got to do nothing else. You just got to believe. When you got to believe that that cross finished it, you got to believe that the grave was conquered and that Jesus is done. There's nothing you got to do. You know, you ever, you ever, how many of you have ever doubted from time to time? Besides, anybody besides me ever doubt? You ever had Satan whisper in your ear, Well, if you were a good child of God, if you really meant it, then, then you wouldn't have said that, you wouldn't have thought that, you wouldn't have done that. Let me tell you, if you ever have doubts, that's okay. That's human nature. You're going to have doubts until we stand before Him because we live in a world that's sinful. We live in a place that this. It's just a horrible place to be. And guess what? We have to be here. And it influences our thoughts. So when you have that doubt, just remember Jesus said, I am the Alpha and Omega. I started it beyond me. There's nothing else you got to worry about. Jesus Christ has it. He's done it. He said it. It is complete. When you believe it in your heart and you truly believe it, guess what? You got saved. Now, that doesn't make you a perfect person by no means. I've never met a perfect Christian. I've had people who try to tell me they were. I've had people who try to tell their kids, you're supposed to be perfect. Guess what? They're kids. They can't be. Because look in the mirror, you can't be either. Amen? But we can't be. We strive to. The Bible tells us. You say, well, but preacher, don't the Bible say be ye perfect? It says be ye perfect. Guess what? That's what you're to strive for. One day you will be when you're before the Lord. But until Till that day, you're living in sin, and you've got to remember that. So you constantly got to say, hey, Lord, forgive me. Lord, re reassure me. Help me. Because I tell you, there are times you're going to doubt. There's times you're going to wonder. If you ever doubt, just come on down to the altar. You come at any time. It's always open. You, it, 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 hey, if it's in the middle of the week, you say, Steve, I, I, I need to go to the altar. I'll come down, open the door, let you in. We'll come down. We'll pray. So I don't want you near me. I'll sit in the back till you're done. But if you, you just do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do and you come to him humbly saying, Lord, I, 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 I've got problems. Lord, I need a little reassurance. Let me tell you, God gives you reassurance. You, you ask for it, he gives it to you. That's what I love about him right now. 
Uh, there, there's, I don't know about y'all. I get down and pray. Anybody in here get down and depressed besides me? Am I the only one? Or yes, yeah, if you has nodding, so yes, so I'm not the only one, and that's good to know. But, but hey, and they're saying, say, Lord, I need a little reassurance, and it's amazing what He does. He will reassure you. Say, Lord, hey, I've asked him, Lord, did I? Am I really saved? And, and that still, quiet, small voice whispers, "It's finished. You're mine. Can't nobody pluck you out of my hand." The Bible says, "No man can take you out of." His hand. And you know, not even you. Now that doesn't mean you while you're in a hand that, that you you ain't that one sheep that goes wandering. Anybody ever got away from them for a little bit? I have. I ran as far as hard as I could, but guess what? Just as the story says that he'd leave the ninety-nine to come for the one, he does. He does. I'm proof he did. He came. And let me tell you, there, there's nothing more wonderful than to get back with the Lord. If you've been away from him for a while, to come back into his arms, to come back into that, that the fold and, and be close to the the the, the, the You could say, uh, when you say the Lord is my Lord, and David said, I shall not. Let me tell you, when you come into that fold, you come back to him, you say, Woo, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. That doesn't mean I got things I don't want out there. And, and hey, uh, he'll take time to nurse you, he'll take time to care for you. But you got to be willing. Sometimes we, we forget that. And Jesus said, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. All you need is Him. You don't need to add to it. Christians have this morning is the add to itness. In the Bible, we think there's a chapter or books that you got to do. No, all you need is Jesus. You know, it's amazing. You know, yeah, here's the thing you've got problems with your marriage. You know what you need first in that marriage? Jesus. You could, people say, well, we don't talk. Well, maybe what you need is Jesus and a common bond so you have something to talk about. Because guess what? If you're married and you ain't got nothing to uh, I did. He said, why well, supposed to submit to the husband? Read the whole thing. Find out what the husband's supposed to be like, guys. Before you go reading it and quoting it, better make sure you're ready to back it up. Same way, ladies. Don't just pick and choose. There you go. There's a start. See, the number one thing people say that in their marriage, they don't have communication. Why? Because one, they're not communicating with Jesus. You, you say, well, preacher, I, I need a good job. You need Jesus first. They say, Lord, help me to find the job that would be fulfilling in my life. Because you can have a job to make all the money you want, and it's not the right one. Because God didn't want you there. It's the worst place you've ever been in your entire life. You're more worried, you, you look more forward to the days you're off than the days you're there. Because let me tell you, you're going to spend a lot of time there if you work. 
You ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me find the job I need. I might go through a lot of them until he says, this is the one. If you listen to me, start with, we've been here already. Whatever your problem is, you need Jesus. Christian, you know why you ain't getting nothing out of church anymore? Because Jesus ain't first. See, that's another thing. We, we think just because you come to church, that don't mean you got Jesus first. Just I preach sometimes, that don't mean they got Jesus first. You tell. Or at least I can. I've left and realized that, man, I wasn't where I needed to be. You said, well, well, I'm not a preacher. Hey, I'm, I'm not perfect either. By no means. I'm just like every man you read in that Bible. There's nobody perfect except Jesus. But every human being in that Bible had flaws, and I got all of them. But I know if I don't, if I don't have Jesus first, then I'm not going to preach like I ought to. If I, if I don't have Jesus first, I'm not going to get nothing out of Scripture. Hey, I've done this. I've gone and I've sat down and started trying to study. I said, Lord, I, I need a message. And Jesus said, if you listen, I already have one. Because if you do, it's true. But it's amazing. When you listen, there's already one there. If you don't, you struggle, you read, you do this, you do that. And, and I'm starting to get panicky because I still ain't got nothing. Because I tell you, I, 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 I don't like to get out of my comfort zone. You can ask Julie, you can ask anybody around me. I've got things set the way I like them. I like to have And then sometimes you humble yourself and say, okay, I will. And it's there. I sat in the pew and didn't get nothing out of the service. You know why? Because I sat in the pew and didn't get nothing out of the service because Jesus wasn't first. You want the church to grow? Put Jesus. Bring him into the door of the church when you come. Take him out. Share him wherever you're at. So that's the problem we have now. A lot of us, we check out when we walk through the doors and we forget Jesus should be first. People ought to want what you have. They ought to look at you and say, I wish I was, where do you get that peace you have? Where do you get that joy you have? Jesus. See, because I know what he's doing for me. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He is everything to me. He's gone to prepare a place for me. And, and he says one day, the best thing is, when it's ready, he's coming again. You know what it is right now? You ever been by one of them houses that's been for sale, and there's a sign out there that says, sale pending? Let me tell you, Christian, we're in sale pending. Any minute, the sale's going to be closed, and we're going to be home. It's that close. You don't believe me? Watch it. If you stand it, turn the TV on the news for just a minute, turn it right back off because it's nothing but garbage, and you realize, man, the world is turned upside down, sideways. This is ready as it can be for the Antichrist to step out on the stage and, and take control, and to do that, the church has got to be removed. Once the church is removed, the Antichrist is revealed, and it's going to be hell on earth for seven years until Jesus comes back with us and it becomes the millennial reign. I've gone to prepare a place for you. And I'm coming again. 
he tells us, listen to this. He, he, he reminds us of those who are not going to be in it. He said, listen to this, verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, the all, get this, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's a long list of people, but you realize how close it is for us to be in that list? The fearful and the unbelieving, that's just somebody who's too afraid to admit God's who he is, and they don't want to believe it. But then you get down to the very end, the last one is all liars. That's those who say, hey, yeah, I go to church, I'm a Christian, but guess what? The only way, they can't even spell the word, nevertheless know what it is, because they just like to say it. If you're not know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never asked him in your heart and meant what you said, and let me tell you, you might follow that last line. Today's the day to make sure. Today's the day to be positive and know that he's coming again, and when he comes, you're going with him. Amen? You, all you got to do is say it. Say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to come to my heart and save me. Help me to repent of my sins and turn to you. And, 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 and Lord, I, I love you. Thank you. All you got to do is do that and mean it in your heart. Amen? It's as simple as that. Christian, if you're not walking where you need to do, all you say, Lord, Give me. I've sinned against you. Will you will you welcome me back? Well, he will. He's already standing there ready for you to come home. Amen. That's all you got to do. You can leave here today with that fire you used to have. You can leave here today with that fire you never knew you had. And you can be enjoying the fact that Jesus has prepared a place and he's coming back soon to get you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. Father, I pray that there. That if there's somebody somewhere who maybe they, years ago as a child, they prayed a prayer. And Lord, they never really meant it in their life. Father, I pray right now that you would you would, you would would let them know that, Lord, they need to mean it. They need to, to, to say it and mean it today, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, if, if there's a, any doubt, Lord, let them, let them ask it again. Father, if there's a Christian walking where they know they shouldn't, is not pleasing to you. Lord, I pray right now you'll help them turn back to you. Father, there's somebody here hurting because of the sorrow and the pain that one day you're going to remove. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you help comfort them as they go through it. Lord, let them realize you're here for them. They just got to come to you. Father, have your way during this time of invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page page 11 as we sing you just be obedient to the holy spirit
in the Lord's house. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that I'm saved. And there's times I just want to get excited about it. And I'd like to be a little more excited. I don't know about y'all. Sometimes I, I don't feel like I'm excited enough. And I, I, y'all pray for me, amen, that I get a little more excited. Because I, I want to be what God wants me to be. I don't want to be what Steve wants me to be. I want to do what he wants me to be. Uh, you know, I, I was sitting here thinking, and, and if you're watching this or if you want to get this huge, humongous Bible school, but I, I'm excited to have, amen? And I'm, I'm hoping that, that we don't go into it thinking, oh, we got to do it because, hey, let me tell you, it, it's a it's a hard job to do it's not always easy you just come join us if you want to you just come and hang out and if it turns out that just all of us show up no kids show we'll still have a good time amen we'll still do if you know some kids let me know and as soon as we get a flyer i'll get it email to you and you start help passing them out if we're going to try to get them done this week so we can get it started we're going to do a couple of uh commercials on facebook so if you follow our, our facebook page share those with everybody you can just go through send it to everybody harass the daylights out of them it doesn't matter we're gonna we're gonna we just tell everybody about it. if we get to where we walk in and the parking lot's packed and there's so many kids we don't know what to do hey we'll just we'll do whatever the holy spirit tells us to do if we if, if we have to run and get peanut butter sandwiches to feed everybody that we'll do that come to your house and say, hey can you make these right quick you know just whatever the lord wants us to do let's be excited things are going sometimes it seems worse and worse you know you, you look at and it's easy to get discouraged in the day and time we live in it's so easy to don't let satan rob you of your joy it's up to you to have the joy it's up to you to have that smile and that drive. In the first place, to say, Lord, I need it. Will you give it to me? Because I have looked in the mirror and said, man, I, I don't like what I see sometimes. I, I want to be a better person. So y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you. I hope pray you have a wonderful week. Come join us on Wednesday night if you can for Bible study. You say, I don't like the way you teach. Well, you can come teach it. That's fine. But hey, just, just come join us and let's have a little time of fellowship and enjoy being with so I hope you have a blessed, a wonderful week. Robert, will you close the prayer this morning, brother? Give us a good week, Lord. All of these things we pray in Jesus' name.